You're listening to Movie Fighters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Go to greenlitpodcast.com to learn more. You love to fight with something to eat. Sometimes it's savory, sometimes it's sweet. That situation was just acting on. Well met, traveler. Come, sit by the fire, and let us regale you with tales of our snack situation. My name is Chris Sims, Tabaxi Monk, level 9. Uh, with me, as always, is uh, Mr. Matt Wilson, uh, Tiefling Druid, correct? Yeah. Might I interest you in any trinkets and baubles? <laughs> what are you buying? We, we have we have no trinkets or baubles for our fine adventurers today, Matt. We we have foodstuffs. That's right. Baubles and potions. Come into the tavern. For it is time for a short rest to eat some foods. This is truly excellent content. (laughs) (laughs) It's a theme this month. It is a theme here on Snack Situation. Because we are snacking on uh, some heroic feasting from Heroes Feast, the official Dungeons & Dragons cookbook, uh, provided to us by the publisher, uh, Ten Speed Press. And I'm very excited about this, Matt. I, I was and remain very excited about this cookbook. Yes, I, I would like to hear a little bit about how you g- came into possession of the cookbook from the publisher. But before we do that, I, I do want to say what it is that we're trying uh, okay. this month and talk about how the show is slightly different this month because usually, you know, we pop open whatever it is we're eating and we taste it on the show. We're not going to be doing that this time because, because these are recipes out of a cookbook. We had to make these and you had these for dinner last night and I had them for lunch today. And since we were eating them as meals and we ate them both with our wives, uh, we weren't recording as we tried them. So that's not going to be happening on the show. Uh, there was a decent amount of preparation involved in making these things, and yeah, mine I think took me, mine took me extra long because I forgot to put the salt in the first batch of uh, of, of uh, breads, uh, which yeah, is an important salt. ingredient if you want your food to taste. Yeah, salt is important. Heat and warmness, I think, was an important component of these things, particularly the bread. So that's why we're not trying that stuff on the show. Uh, but we'll talk about it at length, and we'll talk about the preparation process. Also, the two foods we're trying out of the cookbook, we picked two of the simplest recipes. Because there's some stuff in here that is very complex. Yeah, kind of surprisingly so. Like, I was... We might get into this in a minute. This cookbook is not what I was expecting it to be. There's, like, rib recipes. There's rather complicated, like, soups. There's, like, big meals. There's a whole ham. There's a whole ham. I think that's, like, the big finisher of the food recipes. But, yeah, they're, they're like, complicated, big recipes in here. There's duck, and I made duck recently for Christmas. Duck ain't easy (laughs) to cook, folks. So we picked two relatively simple ones. Uh, The uh, And they're both coded by... uh, (laughs) D and D races. 
Yeah, which I think is probably the most interesting thing about the book. Instead of being divided by, like, the type of meal or the type of, of like, uh, thing that you're cooking, it's, it's divided up by race. So there's, you know, the first bit is like, here's what humans eat, which I feel like they maybe could have skipped that one because I feel like we all know that we got, we got it. We've yeah. got human food handled here. Yeah. yeah. But the other races food is also shockingly human-like. The, the two things we're trying are dwarven flatbread and orc in quotation marks. Orc. Bacon. Yes, which is not which is not bacon made from orcs, it's bacon made for orcs. That's right. Which I do take a little bit of issue with, but again, we'll get into it. So those are the two things we're trying. Chris, how did you come into possession of this cookbook? I know you're on probably like a press list for like D D publications. because uh, we got the uh the D Art and History book. We got free copies of that. We got like review copies of that. Mm-hmm. Is is this just from you being on that mailing list? Well, Matt, I was in a tavern. Mm-hmm. And a mysterious man was there. And and he told me if I would journey to the tomb of gastronomic annihilation. A treasure could be found upon its lowest level. No, yeah, that's it was a press release that I responded to <laughs> and asked for a copy of the book. Because I like I literally told them, uh, hey, I do a snacks podcast. <laughs> uh this would be a really fun thing for us to try out. Uh because this was originally gonna be like our um I think November we, we had initially planned on doing it. That that was uh, when we first talked about it, but then yeah. we decided on doing holiday stuff in November and December. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I actually think this worked out pretty well, because as we've talked about, uh, I think on this show and on other shows, like I have definitely fallen out of the habit of cooking, which is something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, and as, as things, uh, as, as the world opens up again, uh, I want to get back into that. And so kicking off this year by like actually busting open a new cookbook and making two recipes that I've never made before was actually something I was really looking forward to. Uh, especially since most of what I did last year was plan out Dungeons & Dragons games. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of confluence of your interests and and recently more of my interests. For me, the two recipes in here... One is very similar to something I've done many times before, which is make a candied bacon, mm-hmm. which is basically what that work bacon is. It's a slightly different kind of candied bacon, and we'll get into that. But I've done that many times uh, over the years. I have not made per- too many breads ever in my life. I'm, I'm not a bread maker. Uh, it's not one of the things I tend to cook. And usually between Marlene and I, She's the one who does more of the baking. If I bake, I'm baking like cakes or cookies. I don't make a lot of breads, including flatbreads. I I made pancakes before, and these are kind of like pancakes in some ways. But you know th- that was that was kind of a new experience for me uh, making the the flatbread, and and was probably was the much harder thing for me to do uh, because I'm not as used to like 
kneading and rolling out dough. Yeah, it's also a much more involved process, I think. Yeah, the bacon just takes, like, kind of keeping a close eye on it, because timing is important, but relatively easy. The bread can sneak up on you, and you talked about not putting salt in your first batch. If you look at the pictures of what we made, Chris, you made a flatbread? Mm-hmm. I made kind of like a big biscuit. You made a thick bread? I made a thick bread, and I'm pretty sure the reason why it puffed up on me in the pan is... <laughs> so I tried to cut back the recipe a little bit, because I didn't want to make eight pieces of bread, uh, which is what the recipe said you would be, end up making. I, I only ended up making two. So I, I cut down the recipe pretty substantially. And the thing that I didn't cut back as much as I should have was the baking soda. And I think that made the bread puff up on me. Yeah, I was uh, I was telling my wife as we ate these, like, the, the I guess the, the, the milk in, in these was uh, Greek yogurt, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. Like I've you, made some. You could use of... you could use Greek yogurt or heavy cream. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if I had used like buttermilk for these, they would just be like some some savory buttermilk biscuits, which is borne out by the fact that that is what yours look like. They're biscuity. Yeah, and yours um, look like you have uh, you, you've started your adventure in Cheddar Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if I had added some cheddar flavor to these, Ooh. but I also. Chris, I did something a little twisted. Did you do something random? I did something a little off the wall. Okay. A, a little unusual. But you know what they say, whatever doesn't kill you only makes you stranger. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> the recipe for this calls for a neutral oil in which to fry your flatbread. Okay, so I assume you use something very neutral, like a like you probably use like a regular vegetable oil or a like a canola. I'm sure. Chris, Chris, I did something wild. Matt, what did you do? It was twisted. Like imagine when I say twisted, that the letters are alternating capital and lowercase. Did you do something twisted? <laughs> <laughs> did you use Fago? I was waiting on Christmas gifts. Okay. Here's what I did. So th there's a part of the bacon recipe where you're supposed to like let the bacon render a little bit before you put on the flavoring, before you put on like the brown sugar and uh, orange juice and garlic uh, powder coating. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled the bacon out of the oven after that step, and there was like just like you know grease in the bottom of the pan, and I was like, oh. I could fry the flatbread in the bacon grease. And I did that. I, you know what, Matt? That's, that's twisted. Matt, you're sick. I know. I know. Uh, no, I, I considered doing that same thing. But I wanted to stick as close to the book recipe as possible. Like, I, yeah, like for me, fair. that was an important thing to kind of be like, hey, here is the, the rules as written. But because I made mine, I made mine yesterday for dinner. You made yours today for lunch. Uh, 
I was texting you like, hey, do it this way instead. <laughs> this is how I would yeah. have done it if yeah. I could do it again. Uh, my, you, you specifically told me a tip about the cast iron pan. And my cast iron pan's not big enough to put two to have put two pieces of the flatbread in. But uh, I did note it. Um, I ended up putting the flatbread in the pan for a shorter amount of time than the recipe called for because it was getting pretty brown. Yeah, I I burned uh, my first piece came out a little dark. My second piece, one side of it was like pretty pretty toasty, like pretty pretty dark. But yeah, I I cut it down to about two minutes aside for the other ones. Yeah, uh, I I did like two to three for each one. The recipe said like four minutes, and you've got a cast iron pan that does not get very hot if you're keeping those pieces of bread in there for four minutes. <laughs> I would have to say. Um, so, yeah, the, the bread is made of pretty simple ingredients, flour, baking soda, and baking powder, some kind of seasoning blend, and it didn't really define what the seasoning blend was. Uh, what did you use, Chris? I use uh, the uh, Italian seasoning, just a like store-bought Harris Teeter brand uh, Italian seasoning. Uh, I was actually going to make a bonus uh, item, an extra, an additional item because there's like drink recipes in here. There's include, there's a uh, big section of drink recipes. Yeah, alcoholic uh, and cocktails non. and yeah, cocktails and mocktails. And I was gonna make like a nice like hot uh, drink, but the but Harris Teeter informed me that they were out of cinnamon sticks and cloves, which I do not believe was true. But uh, I did not uh, get any because uh, again, we are still in unprecedented times, which means I am ordering my groceries online and then going to pick them up. Look, maybe maybe there's been a run on cinnamon sticks and cloves. Well, the the Heroes Feast, the official Dungeons and Dragons cookbook, is out now, so perhaps. Yeah, I opted out of ever trying to make a drink because my wife has made a a admirable pledge to not drink alcohol in January, and uh, and I want to stick with her through that. So. <laughs> We're not doing that, but yeah, the, the, the flatbread is just like, I, the seasoning I used was some seasoning we already had in the house, which is just called like house blend seasoning, mm-hmm. uh, which has like, you know, it's kind of basically the same stuff that's in Italian seasoning, maybe just in different proportions. Uh, yogurt, olive oil is in there. Making the dough isn't the hardest thing in the world. I think the hardest thing to do in the recipe is to make the dough come together. Because the dough, at first, is very shaggy. Zoinks. It's very shaggy. And so there's like a good amount of kneading you have to do to make it actually like cohere. Um, and then you fry it in a cast iron pan in some oil. The bacon is just literally laying out bacon on a pan heating it up a little bit to render it a little bit, and then putting on a coating of brown sugar, garlic powder, black pepper, and orange juice. Which, as I mentioned, is essentially candying bacon. Right. My candied bacon recipe that I've done before is like brown sugar. It, it This becomes a liquid that you brush on the bacon, what I've done before is just putting on brown sugar and like cayenne pepper uh, to make it like sweet and spicy, uh, which is 
which is very good. Um, this bacon was good too. We'll talk about that when we rank it, but um, fairly simple stuff. Yeah, I think so. Like we picked things that were simple and would not require like an intense trip to the store, but also I, I think we, we picked uh, the things that, would be the most likely things to actually make if you had people coming over to play D&D. Like a yeah, flatbread, some candy snacks. bacon. Yeah, party snacks. Adventuring party snacks, if you will. <laughs> I think my complaint is I don't feel like the flatbread is particularly dwarfy or the bacon is particularly orky, but I, I don't really know how they would do that. Like, you would have to, like, I don't know, dye the bacon a weird color or make it out of some unusual meat or something. Here, Here's the thing, Matt. I totally buy this as dwarven flatbread, right? Because uh, there's a little, like, it, it is an in-universe cookbook, which I think is, is fun. It has sample menus from, like, taverns uh, in there. Yeah, like, there's yeah. some fun D&D content. I buy this as Dwarven flatbread because it is pretty simple. It's it's herbs, flour. Uh, the the joke in the description is that you know you can you can pound it flat with a hammer if you don't have a rolling pin, and and just you know cook it on a hot forge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally buy it. I do not buy this as orc bacon. I do not buy this as an orcish delicacy because it is like candied bacon. <laughs> Like it, it involves like orange juice and and brown sugar. Those are not like things I associate do, uh, stereotypically with Dungeons and Dragons orcs. Do orcs uh, like sweets? That's the question. I, like, this could be a whole new layer that I had not considered to uh, that particular uh, heritage option. Uh, but like, I feel like if it was more of like a like a black pepper bacon, like I, th- I think that would work more. But the fact that it is kind of a like a sweet treat. I, I don't I don't I don't buy it. I don't buy well, this as, as orcish. Oh, okay, hold on though. Here's here's the actual description from the cookbook. Okay. Half orcs find this delectable snack quite to their taste, as do the Goliaths of Eberron and a few game humans and halflings. Humans would love this. What are you talking about? Yeah, like like there's okay, yeah. It is said that a half-orc named Masmorus was the first to discover this pungent recipe for cured pork strips, which you could practically taste from 20 yards away. So, it's half-orcs who like it? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but still, still, I don't, I don't buy it. Because again, it's, like, we, we are, like, it's, it's D&D, so you're kind of, in terms of, like, what is presented in the book, look, play it. However, you want, but the book definitely like reduces things down to a series of statistics, right? Like it is, uh, yeah. you are encouraged to alter the information that is presented. And if we're talking about what is commonly associated with uh, the the orcs of Dungeons and Dragons, I do not think even half orcs would like this. Does not, I would say this is more of like a halfling type of thing because it's it's bacon that has sugar on it. Yeah, I I mean, look, if you're really gonna make this is in the chapter, by the way. There's not an orc chapter. No. There's there's what? Humans, dwarves, elves. Halflings. Halflings. And then a section that's just called Uncommon Cuisine. Yeah, and, and the stuff that they have in there is very like it that section I think is a little more 
uh, tongue in cheek than the others because it starts off with like uh, uh, like uh, chicken fingers, but they're like lizard folk fingers because this is how lizard folk make human fingers <laughs> edible. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was was pretty funny. There's uh, like there's Barovian butterscotch pudding if you're familiar with uh, the Ravenloft uh, or Curse of Strahd adventures. Uh, that's butterscotch with uh, scotch in it. I thought that was fun. That that seems like one I would enjoy making. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's it doesn't quite fit in the way that I feel like the elf and dwarf and uh, halfling stuff, from what I've seen at least, definitely does. Well, it, I, like if you're going to make actual orc food, right? It would be like a person's leg. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw a. Um, a while back, I think it was on, it was just like a fun Tumblr post. Like somebody did do a, like, here are, if you want to make like what uh, an elven adventure would have as their rations, like here it is. And they did that for like all of the common races. And the orc stuff was like, like blood sausage and like hard cheeses. And I'm like, yes, yeah. that makes sense to me. Yeah. Was the drink you were going to make Evermead, by the way? Uh, I think I was going to make the Evermead. Yeah. Which is surprisingly not mead. No, I do actually have some mead. We have a uh, a uh, uh, honey girl meadery here in town that I have purchased some stuff from. This is a, a fun cookbook. I'm 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 paging through it right now. There's very fun stuff in here. Some of the drinks are very colorful and and interesting. Um, and you know, as <laughs> believable or not, the food is. Like all quite palatable and good. Like it, these seem like good recipes. The ones we made turned out quite well. If we had had more time and resources, there are definitely things in here I would have really enjoyed trying to make. Like uh, some of the pies. Mm-hmm. Like hand pies seem very interesting. They're savory pies. Uh, various desserts that seem really good. Um, there's, there's a lot in here. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, like it's not what I expected. Cause I, I guess maybe falling into my own uh, stereotypes about gamers. Like I was kind of expecting this to be more of a, uh, like an amateur level cookbook in, in the way that like, if you look at a superhero cookbook, you know, like, like, like there's a, a DC comics cookbook that I think I reviewed way back at comics Alliance, like years ago. But it definitely had like pretty easy recipes for children. <laughs> Whereas yeah. this is like it's an actual cookbook. Like it, yeah. like you said, there is a a uh, a full way to like make a glazed ham in here. There's ribs and shepherd's pie and like relatively complex recipes. And one, of the, almost, one of the recipes we talked about doing was the elven bread, which is not just bread. It's like bread. With a spiral in it, mm-hmm. where you have to like roll up the dough and bake it so that there's like a perfect spiral inside, which is not beginner stuff. Yeah, I almost wish that they had like embraced the idea of this being like a D and D source book a little more, and like like done it like the monster manual where each of the recipes had a challenge rating. <laughs> I think that would have been really fun. Uh, that does but- sound fun. But yeah, it's 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 got some some complex stuff in there. Like it is a, th- I mean, this sounds like I the most faint praise you could give something, but it's like a real cookbook, <laughs> and not just like a a D and D goof up, you know? 
Hey guys, you know what's better than video games and beer? Cat videos? B. Arthur? Incorrect! Nothing! The answer is absolutely nothing! All right, all right. You know, actually, I do think you're right. Agreed. We're here at the Dogcast. We podcast about video games and beer. And beer and video games! Available weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. B. Arthur? Yes. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, where we delve the depths of pop culture history. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. Or... But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's... read Dune! You have, no, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network. All right, Chris, let's rank the the foods we made here. Um, put the, it's, it's weird to put stuff we made ourselves on a list with fucking tasty cakes. Mm-hmm. But it's it's what we do. It's it's yeah. this show, so we must do it. Um, I think let's start with the flatbread. Okay. I don't know uh, how Marlene liked it, but uh, AC was like really into the flatbread. Like she was like, Hey, uh, I'm not super into candy bacon in general. The bacon is good though, but this flatbread definitely make this again. Uh, she really liked it. And I thought it came out pretty well as well. Um, I did, I did it mostly exactly by the book. Um, after I tasted the first couple, I thought it could use a little more flavor. So, uh, if you go look at the pictures that we have at the, on the movie fighters, uh, Tumblr, You'll see, I, I just threw on some like shredded cheddar cheese and like baked it a little bit to get that on top. And then I served it with uh, olive oil and pepper. And then I also had some chili garlic uh, oil from old Trader Joe's. From mm. from Joe the Trader mm. in Waterdeep. Find him on the roadway. Yeah. I also don't like, I, I thought about this and I'm like, they should have done this. Also, I would fucking hate it if they were like, get out your pin of rolling. And flatten out these breads. <laughs> like that would have been absolute garbage that I would have hated in practice. But I'm like, I kind of wish they would have. Plus one pin of rolling. Yeah, Marlene liked it, but did not say, "Hey, you should make this again." It was more of a, "This is good. I need to put honey and sriracha on it, though." Honey and sriracha would have been good. Like if I make it again, a. I'm probably going to switch up the spice mix, probably put in more spices, uh, and make like thicker breads, more like the ones that you ended up with. Uh, and then definitely like honey and sriracha would like, now that you've said that would kind of be perfect. Cause it needs a little, it needs something. It needs a kick. It needs a kick and it needs like a tiny little bit of sweetness. And the, the recipe does say, Hey, you know, this is a good thing to put like caramelized onions or here's some other recipes in this book that would go well with it. Yeah. Which I think definitely it's a nice base, but it needs to definitely. be served with something for sure. Yeah. I think putting some kind of spread on top or uh, like hummus might be really good with it. Hummus would probably be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of ate it plain just to kind of get the full sense of the, the bread. And you know, it's fine. It's, it's, I think it needs a little more flavor if I'm being honest. Um, and, and like putting stuff on top, I think the idea of like melting a little cheese on it is mm-hmm. really good. Um, I think that would make it a lot better. 
it, it's not bad. It's it's a. I think it's more of a vessel than something to be eaten on its own. Yeah, I I definitely the the best way to eat these I found was like literally just making little sandwiches with the the candy bacon. Yep. Yep. Because I quartered mine and then ate them like like ate them as quarters. So yeah. put a little bit of the candy bacon on it and eat it, and that was really good actually. Yeah, so. I that I didn't do that, but I thought about it. I I should have done that. How do you think it ranks against a Renfest turkey leg? See, I think both of these are better than the Renfest turkey leg because they accomplish what the Renfest turkey leg does while not being like like a a thing that you only get because of that. Well, while not becoming an albatross that you're carrying around for an yes. hour. Yeah. You do not get the Renfest turkey leg because you want to eat a turkey leg. You get the Renfest turkey leg because it's 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 an old timey medieval food, and okay. these I think satisfy that while being better actual foods. Okay, how does it compare to steak on a steak then? Which is the better Renfest? Yeah, meat you carry around. <laughs> uh, I would say the 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 steak on the steak is the steak on the steak that we had at the Carolina Renaissance Festival certainly had more flavor. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this would make... Like, this is the problem with the Dwarven flatbread. It's... it. I don't think it should be eaten on its own. Where, it, like, it is very much a... Like you said, it's a vessel. This would go great with a steak on a steak. But on its own, I don't think it's as good. Okay. Um, so that gives us a range to choose here. Like, probably not as good as the Milk Bar Holiday Cookie Gift 10. Uh, probably not. Like, you get a lot of variety and, and a lot of flavor in that, so... Yeah. How does it rank against the Pumpkin Pie Kit Kat? I mean... Pumpkin, I pumpkin would... Pie Kit Kat is a novelty. Yeah. This is, like, as much as we made this as a novelty, I think it is... Like I said, I'm gonna make it again. Like, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, like, in that respect, I do like it better than the Pumpkin Pie Kit Kat. All right, I think that that settles it then. Between the Milk Bar Holiday Cookie Gift Tin and the Pumpkin Pie Kit Kat goes Dwarven Flatbread. Yeah, weirdly enough, there's like stuff around here, like the steak on a steak, the, uh, the spicy sweet chili Doritos, I think would be good with the Dwarven Flatbread. I don't know, just give it... It needs... If this was Dwarven Flatbread and caramelized onions, I think we'd be uh, it would be a whole different... Uh, or like... Or like dwarven flatbread and jam, or mm, dwarven yeah. flatbread and I don't know. There, there's and a lot of Umber Hulk honey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And spicy sauce from fantasy Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. On to the orc bacon. Uh, orc bacon, I think. It's candy bacon. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with candied bacon. The orange tang that the orange juice adds is very nice. Mm-hmm. I don't if really I was, get I don't I didn't really get the onion powder or the garlic powder in mine. I got I, mostly I just sweetness. Garlic, yeah. I got mostly just sweetness with mine. I personally do prefer the like sweet and spicy candied bacon that I have made before. Now what do you what do you what do you put on that? It's brown sugar and cayenne pepper. Okay. 
And that's it. It's just brown sugar and cayenne pepper. Yeah, I I liked. I, I actually just recently got a new basting brush as well because uh, I a lot of times use my uh, pastry brush to put like uh, butter on quesadillas when I'm making them. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, a pastry brush. Uh, you can use a basting brush as a pastry brush. It doesn't work as well the other way because it will fall apart from being exposed to the heat. That's a, a hot cooking tip for you from your friends at Clytus Media. Mm. Uh, but this was like the first thing I got to use my new basting brush on, so I was very excited about that. Uh, there's a picture of it that I have included. Uh, if I was going to make this again, and I don't know that I will, uh, for me, like the overwhelming flavor was bacon. Like the... Well, the yeah. Glaze, like the glaze was there, but it wasn't enough. I would make like maybe, maybe twice as much glaze, and but definitely like probably half as much again, uh, and, and like put more of the glaze on it because I think a lot of the glaze ended up at the at the bottom of the pan. On did these. you make? Did you make the full pound of bacon that the recipe called for? I did. Yeah, I did. I did I, everything by the book. I did not. I only made a handful of strips, and I think by virtue of doing that, like I cut down the amount of glaze, but not maybe not by the correct fraction. And so my glaze was pretty substantial, and I tasted the glaze pretty well. I could definitely taste the RNG flavor, and I could definitely taste brown sugar. But those were the two elements that I tasted by far the most. I could taste it, and it tasted good, but I definitely – it was more like bacon with stuff on it than candy bacon, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. I think also because you're baking it – usually when I've made candy bacon in the past, it's – I've cooked it at a higher temperature. And this was at a lower temperature in the oven for a lot longer. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't think orcs would like make bacon in the oven low and slow for half an hour. It took half an hour. Yeah, it was in the yeah. oven like 12 minutes initially, just the bacon to render it down, then another seven, then another seven. So roughly half an hour, 26 minutes. And I honestly think baking your candied bacon at a higher temperature where it gets a little browner is better. Um, but ultimately, again, it's candied bacon. It's good. Yeah. It, it, no, it's very good. Like for all of my complaints, it was tasty. I ate it. Like, uh, I I probably ate more of it than I should have. I mean, look, if, if there's a complaint to be had, it's that candied bacon in general is essentially gilding the lily, right? You, you're taking something that's already good. And making it a little better and going to some trouble to do that. And it may not be worth the trouble. Uh, we like we could maybe even replace gilding the lily with candying the bacon. That's right. <laughs> that, that could be the new idiom. <laughs> so I don't think there is, I don't think it's as good as like a fried apple pie. I haven't tried the Ben and Jerry's cannoli ice cream. I I think like the the fri- fried apple pie is good. Fried apple pie is good, and and a very similar thing, right? Yeah, fried I mean, apple I, good apple pie good. Fried I don't think good. 
I mean, a baked apple turnover is also good. Cool Ranch Doritos are better. Because here's the thing about Cool Ranch Doritos. You just open the bag. That's you true. open the bag, and they're in there. I, I think Cool Ranch Doritos might be a more orcish food than this candy bacon. <laughs> in orc lands, though, they call it Cool American. They, they call it Icewind Dale Doritos. <laughs> Uh, I do think it's probably like on par with like the the Zambo cookies and cream. Uh, yeah, I would definitely like prefer to just get a grip of this bacon more than like more than even like a lemonade, which is yeah, good. yeah. Quite a How bit. about we break up the Zambos? Okay, sounds good. Sounds All good. right. So between Zambo cookies and cream and Zambo goes orc in quotation marks bacon. Yeah, it's bacon orcs like, not made of orcs. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, more than the ranking, I think the question with things that we make ourselves is, are we going to make them again? Like, is it worth it to make them again? Uh, and I definitely feel like the orc bacon is, and the, the my kitchen got a little uh, oil smoky over the, co- the course of making the flatbreads, but, like, mm-hmm. with some adjustments to the recipe, the cooking times, uh, my methodology, that could definitely be a thing that I do again. The only thing is like it's the, the bread is involved enough that it is not really a weeknight thing. It's definitely like a Saturday thing that I will make. Yeah. I don't think I would make any of the, either of these as directed in the recipe again, but they're a starting point for making perhaps a different flatbread. Maybe like the one you made that has some melted cheese on it. Or making a different kind of candied bacon. I, I absolutely would do candied bacon and flatbread again. I don't know if I would make these exact recipes again. I would say if if you are going to make these recipes, I think they're solid recipes. And I think both of them were – they were time-consuming, but like the bacon especially is easy-peasy. You can knock this bacon out. Like yeah, The only thing is it's going to just cook in the oven. You 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 got to set aside half an hour, and you got to check on it so you can brush it with the the glaze. But it's it's not particularly work intensive now. Yeah, and even like even making the glaze, you can do while the like while the bacon is like cooking and like rendering a little bit. Like it is it is virtual. Like it is if you have a a rack and a pan and some aluminum foil, it is foolproof. Uh, but if you do intend to make these, add a little more flavor to the flatbread and make a little extra glaze for the uh, for the bacon. And, and you I, know what? I don't think it would hurt to add a little bit of spice to that bacon glaze, either in the form of cayenne pepper or red chili flakes or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I think really I think candied bacon is always improved by a hint of spice. Mm-hmm. You know, you you talked about making uh, wings with gochujang, yeah, uh, lately, and I feel like that could be like a, like, that that could be like some real good, uh, yeah. candy bacon flavor. Just be careful; a little goes a long way. A little does go a long way. All right, folks. Now our ways must part. Safe travels along the roads. Fare, fare thee well on on your journey to the Sword Coast. Please b- beware 
goblins. <laughs> that's that's right, everybody. Also, uh, hot tip: if they do make a uh, a Heroes Feast Volume Two, uh, uh, put like put some some more beholders and owlbears and D and D stuff in there. I think. Yeah, what do owlbears eat? <laughs> Tell me how I can make owlbear wings. There are there is a wing recipe in the cookbook. There is, but it's 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 cockatrice wings. That's right. Uh, you must make them twice to to rid them of their enchantments. Tell me if an owlbear eats a fucking cheesesteak. I bet an owlbear cheesesteak would be good as hell. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you next month. Bye, everybody. Hey, until uh, next time. Uh, r- r- roll them twenties and uh and, and stay hungry. This has been a Kalitas Media Production.